Welcome to Blue Brothers 2. This time it's personal. I'm your host, Brandon, and with me as always is Caleb. Caleb, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, I can't complain other than the technical difficulties we've had <laughs> trying to get started here. Yeah, fingers crossed that we make it all the way through. Oh, yeah, I hope so. Uh, so what have you been watching lately? Uh, I have been preparing for El Camino to come out. Uh, I don't know if it's coming out at midnight tonight or if it's coming out like just sometime during the day tomorrow. But uh, if anybody doesn't know, which I imagine anybody who is a fan and watched Breaking Bad is aware of the movie that they're re- Netflix is releasing. Uh, so I've been watching Breaking Bad, the just the final season, to kind of get back in the mindset. So that's outside of the stuff that we've been reviewing. I think that's basically all I've been watching outside of sports right now. Yeah, I have to... I'm looking forward to the the Breaking Bad movie too to see what they do with it. Um, you know, I just hope that it's entertaining because you know the TV show is so great that you know I hope they don't kind of you know tarnish the legacy. I mean, if yeah. that's possible with the movie. <laughs> yeah, I I have the same feeling. Like it was such a great show. Um, so I'm optimistic. I mean, I think it might be kind of something interesting if it is successful that they might do with some other things where they might come back and do like uh, uh, some movies for some other shows, perhaps to try mm-hmm. to keep Netflix relevant. Because let's face it, it's going to be going into a rough period here uh, when we get to 2020 because there's so many other options coming out. But I don't know. It'll be interesting. Right. Yeah. And um one of the things that they did is, isn't it next year that they're getting Seinfeld? Oh yeah. Uh, I think so. Yeah. I think they're losing the office and losing friends um, sometime within like the next six months or something like that. And then they get Seinfeld sometime within the next year or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to see what's going to happen with Netflix. You know, if it dies off or not. Yeah. Well, uh, what about you though? What have you been? Anything good? Uh oh man, what have I been watching? Um, you know, other than football, I uh, I caught up with the latest episode of the Goldbergs and the latest episode of American Horror Story. Um, I actually watched those tonight. Um, both were pretty good. And there's been a few things added to American Horror Story that I'm kind of interested to see what direction it goes in. Because I wasn't like initially thrilled with what was happening. <laughs> um, but, you know, I wasn't originally thrilled with the season to begin with. And it kind of changed my mind. So we'll see what happens. Other than that, must not have been anything important because I can't really remember. Nice. Uh, you know, other than watching the movie that we're reviewing tonight, um, not much. Yeah. I had to make sure to get that in. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, with that, we'll move on to Did You Know? And this week, Did You Know? It is my turn. 
So I'll give you something a little interesting here from the animal kingdom. Um, and it has to deal, I, f- I figured it fit, fit well because it has to deal with uh, hunting and killing. Okay. And <laughs> in the animal world, the most dangerous and efficient hunters on the planet are dragonflies. Really? I did not, uh, I was not prepared for that. Yeah, dragonflies have a 95% uh, hunt to kill percentage. So 95% of the things that they hunt, they kill, making them the most efficient hunters on the planet. Interesting. And then I started thinking about it. You know, they're probably going after flies and, like, beetles and things like that. And nothing, I don't know if you've ever, like, watched a dragonfly fly. <laughs> you know, they're probably, the, they're probably the fastest flying insect and the most, like, agile. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I wonder what. Um, well, I mean, I've. I wonder then what kind of like is at the other end of the spectrum. Like, what does not have a high percent? <laughs> like, who's the worst predator? Yeah, who sucks? <laughs> or maybe it's just like um, the ecosystem they live in. You know, maybe uh, depending where they live and how many other predators there are and things like that so i don't know that kind of gets right like it's like the hyena or something where anytime they hunt something like a lion or a leopard or something takes it yeah exactly so interesting though yeah i found that kind of interesting um yeah and with that we can move into our main topic In the main topic for this week, we will be talking about the 1989 movie Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. Uh, It was directed by Rob Hedden, and it is starring Jensen Daggett, Scott Reeves, Barbara Bingham, Peter Mark Richmond, Kelly Wu, and Kane Hodder as Jason. And uh, I knew for... no one on that list. <laughs> Kelly Wu's been in a few things. Um, the first thing that always pops in my head when I think of Kelly Wu is, did you ever see The Scorpion King with The Rock? Yeah. She was in that. She played the girl in that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of what got her, her name out there more. Um, this was actually her first movie. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. nice. And the plot to this movie is a boat full of graduating high school students headed to Manhattan accidentally pull Jason Voorhees along for the ride. (laughs) Which is a little bit misleading. Uh, Yeah, a little bit. So. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I guess we could dive right into it. Um. So, I mean, the movie starts off, there's a young couple in a boat, and, uh, you know, they're, like, fooling around and everything, and, like, they drop the anchor in the boat, 
and Anchor catch, catches a power line that's in Crystal Lake. And uh, the Anchor like cuts through the power line, releasing electricity into the water and waking up Jason Voorhees, who is uh, sunk to the bottom of the lake. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Jason comes back to life and starts attacking people. I mean, it's your typical Friday the 13th movie. You know, Jason goes around, racks up a huge body count. Um, and this is the first time he was away from the Crystal Lake area. Um, I guess, you know, we can go like we normally do. We go into our highlights, uh, things that were we found interesting. Uh, you want to start it off? Um. Yeah, I don't, uh, this one I feel like is a little different. Like, I don't know. I tried to document, um, all the kills. Um, just kind of like to keep it. (laughs) I did the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, just to kind of like help keep track of the progression. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I don't know if maybe we just kind of want to discuss it a little bit chronologically as things go on. Cause this is. I don't know. It's it's kind of a unique. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit more unique than some other things. Like there's a specific series of events, so you have to talk uh, talk about it a little bit differently. Um, like for instance, in general, uh, Brandon, you just shared about how they started in Crystal Lake, mm-hmm. um, and there was a boat, and it was a small boat, and it was just a guy and a girl. On, on the boat yeah. um and so <laughs> jason gets on there and then he winds up killing both of them um but ironically enough the guy on the boat knew the story of ever apparently everybody knows about jason Voorhees. i mean obviously <laughs> if you're in the area and you hear that urban legend i'm sure you would know it but um everybody knows that and so he pulls a prank on the girl on the boat and he has a, a mask on and he pretends to stab her with a fake knife and, you know, scares the crap out of her, blah, blah. And then, of course, Jason actually comes in and then kills him. Uh, but somehow Jason's on the boat. And this is my first full Friday the 13th movie. I've seen bits and pieces of some of them, a, mo- a majority of a few of them. But this is the first one start to finish that I've seen. Oh, wait, no, I take that back. I apologize. Uh, Jason X, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that one. But that. Oh, man, it's doesn't. like all uphill now for you. Everything is. <laughs> you started at the bottom and you, you go to the top now. Yeah, I, w- I was going to mention that, too. From what I've heard and from what Brandon said, I've those that's like the worst of the worst. So, um, but I so I don't really know the context of what Jason's capable of. Like, is he smart? Is he just, you know, dedicated and determined and will not let nothing stand in his way? Because I was a little confused how the boat then gets to the dock where the actual charter ship, whatever you want to call it is. (laughs) So, well, if you think about it, too, like, so the boat he originally gets on is in Crystal Lake. How does he make it to the ocean? Ah, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> that's what—that's the main thing that I thought about. What, like probably the second time I watched it, you know, because the first time I went had like a big marathon because I bought like all the the VHS tapes from 
a family video that was dumping all their tapes. Nice. So I got them all for like a buck a piece. And I had like this big marathon. So, you know, by the time I got the part eight, my attention like wasn't fully like there. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I kind of washed over that. But then I, I watched it again and I'm wondering, I'm like, how in the heck did he get to the ocean? And um, from that, like Crystal Lake. I mean, I mean Crystal been... Lake is well, it's originally like set in New Jersey. But like, did he like get in a like a river or like a like a fjord or something? <laughs> <laughs> he he portaged the boat. Yeah, he just picks it up and walks with it. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Some... I mean, if we're going with the if we're going with the kills here too, um, so like you mentioned, the guy had a mask to scare his girlfriend. So basically, like everybody knows the story of Jason, like you said. How does he know exactly what Jason's mask looks like? And why does it have the axe wound in it from part three? Nice. Good point. Because there's like an axe cut in it, which he got in part three, and it continues to the rest of the movies. And it's <laughs> it's just <laughs> that this guy like somehow find the actual Jason mask, or was it something he recreated? And if he did, then how did he know that it had a big axe cut in it? Yeah. Weird. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, if we're talking about the kills, so the guy gets killed, but uh, Jason shoots a harpoon at the girl and misses her, and then he takes the gun and stabs it into the guy's stomach. Just the gun. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I I wanted to you to actually confirm that with me because I was a little it was a little difficult to tell. I was just like, is that what really just happened? Yeah, he just stabs the guy in the stomach with the gun, which. As the movies progress, Jason just becomes stronger and stronger. And, you know, after part six, he's kind of just, everybody refers to him as zombie Jason. Nice. So, because he, like, rises from the dead. And, uh, I mean, he does that after, like, every movie after part six. So, um, he's kind of got, like, superhuman strength. Where, like, in the first bunch of movies, he was just, you know, just a crazy guy, I guess. Um, so he kills the guy by stabbing him with a gun and then he takes the harpoon and the girl like got out of the room they were in. She goes hiding in like a storage part of the boat towards the front of it. And Jason just like knows exactly where she's at, opens it up and then like slowly stabs her with the harpoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's like screaming for help and everything. Um, I guess it was kind of set up just to have that cool shot of, you know, from her perspective, Jason looking down into the little cubby where she's hiding. Yeah. And I was wondering, because I know what you're getting at, where it's just like, okay, I get it. You're scared and you're screaming, but it's just like, at what point do you not attempt to like get out of the way, move a little bit, you know, because she mm -hmm. just like sits there and just like lets it literally sink in to yeah. her. <laughs> doesn't put her hands up nothing um, yeah I mean that's just kind of the, the the nature of this movie like right from the first kills you, you kind of know what you're in for um, yeah so magically he winds up at like this harbor um, and he gets on this old cruise ship that uh, you know, really old cruise ship that's going to it's taking a group of like high school seniors to 
Manhattan for the last trip. Can we, can we discuss one more thing about the boat getting to the cruise ship? Yeah. Like, okay, first of all, it's just like, okay, how did he get from a lake to the ocean? Maybe there was a river. Okay, give him the benefit of the doubt. But secondly, like, why? <laughs> like, he doesn't need to leave Crystal Lake. Uh, and no, yet, no. somehow, ironically, he, that boat, the small boat, had people from that high school class that were going to be going to Manhattan. And mm-hmm. so he, what, like, was there a shipping log that he knew where they were going and was just like, oh, this sounds like a fun time. Let's go kill a bunch of high school kids. <laughs> yeah. And like, how did he know that those two that were in the boat were supposed to be part of the group? Yeah, exactly. So it's that I, I feel like that is one, if not the biggest weird points in this movie on like, OK, I get the cool idea you're going for here, but there is absolutely nothing that puts this together like there is no way that you can try to explain this off logically right um and actually i've got kind of an interesting thing that pops up a little bit later that they never really like fully evolved the part like into the story which would kind of connect this um and i I mean i'll get into that when i when it comes up but so they're on this boat now and this girl like the main girl was her name. Her name was Rennie, right? Yeah. She shows up and apparently like, she's not supposed to be there because her uncle who was like her guardian is there to like chaperone. He's, he's a teacher. Um, and he's like your stereotypical, just like complete jerk. Yeah. And I mean, the guy that plays, um, does actually a pretty good job of making you hate him. Mm hmm. Was it Charles? Charles? Yeah, Charles is his name. Um, Basically, he's saying, like, why are you here? You're not supposed to be here. But he never really says why, I guess. I mean, I guess she has, like, I guess she has, like, issues with um, water and everything. And as the movie goes on, you, like, slowly learn why she has the problems. And it's because of Charles. Because he took her out into like Crystal Lake and tried to like make her swim by just yeah. throwing her overboard, and she basically has PTSD from that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a weird thing to add into a Friday the Thirteenth movie, but you know, <laughs> I've seen all the other ones prior to this, so it's just one of those things you just kind of roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, once they've had uh, you know Jason coming back to life as a zombie and then like after that he fights a girl with telekinetic powers you kind of just accept everything in the series <laughs> nice which one was the telekinetic power that was part seven okay so right before this yep um yeah so i mean they get on this huge bow and then you get a, a wide variety of people there is a lot of characters in this movie and it's the classic slasher trope of having all these throwaway characters so the killer can have a body count. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Like a lot of them aren't even like flushed out. You don't really get to know well, some you don't even know their names. Yeah. <laughs> but some of the more memorable ones, um, I can't remember the names, so I'm just gonna describe how they are. <laughs> so you get like your nerdy guy with a camera. Oh yeah. Uh, he's got like longer hair. He's I think that's what 
I think I had his yeah. name somewhere. Wayne. Wayne. Yep. Yeah. And okay. then you got the rocker chick with the long, like, black feathered hair. Yeah, I, I don't have her name. I don't remember her name either. Um, and basically, like, she's friends with Wayne, and Wayne's like helping her shoot a music video. I guess. Yeah. She's a guitarist. Um, aside from those two, you got like the main guy, who is like Rennie's boyfriend, or like yeah. love interest, I guess. Yeah, I yeah, definitely not boyfriend because Charles was not for it, so it was kind of like a secret love relationship. Yeah, or like he was he's like sweet on her or something like that, and she likes him, but Charles won't allow it, kind of thing. Um anyway, his dad is the captain of the ship. And um, you know, he's got kind of a small role. Uh-huh. Um, so then you got the the Asian girl who's played by Kelly Kelly Wu. Uh, you got her friend who's kind of like the the skanky prom. girl, I guess. Yeah, the prom queen <laughs> and all that. Yeah, blonde hair, um, does drugs, and she's kind of promiscuous. You know, you get one of those in every single Friday the 13th movie. So it's just, they got to cover all their bases in this one. <laughs> um, I mean, really, aside from those, there's really not any characters that you can, like, have any connection with well other than um other than julius um yes the the boxing guy yeah the uh black jockey uh boxing guy Mm. a sports jockey and then the teacher whatever her name was she those were the ones that lasted the longest sorry she's the, the english teacher that um she encourages rennie to write and just like uh you know, help get her to embrace her talent of creative writing, basically. Yeah, and gives her a pen that used to be used by uh, Stephen King, apparently. Yeah. It's like, what What the heck kind of a teacher... Like, what is this school? Is it... <laughs> a, a teacher well, can afford school? that on her budget? Yeah, what is a school, too, that uh, only, like, a select bunch of students get to go on this old cruise ship going to new york yeah the, if that was the whole senior class that means like the whole senior class is like 15 people <laughs> that's even smaller than my school and i went to a tiny little school that had 50 people in the class <laughs> um, and also we get you have to you have to talk about too how all the the high school characters are like in their 20s and 30s <laughs> Yeah, basically. <laughs> Except for um, Jensen Daggett, who plays uh, plays Rennie. She was actually 19 when they shot this. Okay. Um, yeah, just kind of an interesting thing that one of the few Friday the 13th movies where a teenager is actually a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, slowly, you know, you get the the captain dad talking to his son, trying to, you know, get him to take some responsibility. And he wants him to basically be like a sea captain as well. And, you know, he doesn't want anything to do with that. And you kind of get like the little bit of tension between him and his dad. Um, you know, it's never really developed too much, but it's just kind of, kind of there, I guess, to add a little bit to the story. Yeah. Some sentimental value. And, you know, just like 
many of the other Friday the 13th movies. You get the crazy guy who tries to warn everybody. Um, and in this one, he is like a ship hand. And mm-hmm. he he tells them, uh, you know, you're all going to die. And everybody just like turns and looks at him. And he says, you're the last ones. See, that's the part where I think that they were trying to hint at Jason has. So like in the, in the first movie, you find out that Jason drowned when he was a kid. And it was because the camp counselors weren't paying attention to him. And there was no one there to rescue him from the lake. He drowns. And um, so they're kind of like hinting at maybe Jason is coming back and hunting down all these people that were at the camp that could have helped him. Okay. So maybe like these kids on this boat are somehow related to them. This is, I don't know, this is just me trying to like spitball here and find some answers. Because it really confused me when that guy said, you're the last ones. Yeah. And they didn't really mention anything after that. Yeah. And you find out that later on that, that Rennie has like a confrontation with Jason or like Jason's spirit as a child. Yeah, that's really kind of odd. It's very odd and very confusing, and some of the scenes are kind of creepy and Mm. don't really add anything to the story. (laughs) No, yeah, like she she has these visions where she sees him as a kid, and but then they're they're somewhat real because he can connect with her physically, like she Mm -hmm. can uh, the spirit can grab her or whatever and everything so yeah it's it's very uh it's not very clear what they mean by it and what yeah it's it's weird and it's one of those things too that you know it really didn't need to be added to the story no Um, it's just something that was there to try to add some depth to it i guess and it wasn't really fully fledged out Mm -hmm. so now it's just kind of there is like okay, what was that all about? <laughs> and nothing's ever really answered. Yeah, um, they never I mean, really it kind did... of ties into the end, but we can get to that when we get to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, while they're on the boat, there's a few things that happen, and, you know, people start getting killed off. Um, you know, I mentioned the, the rocker chick. She gets beaten to death with a guitar. <laughs> Yeah, which is kind of funny, and I mean, they cut away. That I mean, that happened a lot in the later Friday Thirteenth movies because the MPAA was really like cracking down on them for the like the intense kills that they had in the earlier movies. Mm. So there's not a lot of like super gory deaths in this one. Um, you know, along with the girl getting smacked with a guitar, uh, we get this other guy who is in a sauna and Jason takes one of the hot rocks from the sauna and like plows it into his stomach. <laughs> yeah. That one always makes me laugh too. Cause I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, yeah, that would hurt a lot. Um, it would take a lot of force for Jason to push that through his stomach. But you know, as we saw earlier, he's got kind of superhuman strength. Yeah. I gave those two actually, um, uh, custom names. Yeah. I called the uh, the one where the girl uh, guitar player died. I called it death metal, <laughs> <laughs> and 
And then uh, the sauna death, I called it let off some steam, Bennett. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I tried to come up with names for all of them, but they weren't all creative. So I was a little disappointed by the end of it. But I'll share a couple others when we get there. Um, So after those, you get the next one you get. So you get the kind of the the slutty girl that I mentioned earlier, the blonde. Um, she's in her room and like Charles comes in and he's talking to her and she starts coming on to him. Like she's supposed to have a project ready for him to see because basically she's been slacking off on it. And he's like, you got to have this project or you're not going to be able to go on the trip. Um, so he comes to her room to check it out and she's standing there like in her underwear with uh, like organs painted on her. And she's like, I'm the project. <laughs> kind of yeah. Thing. And she starts coming on to him and basically she like pushes him down to the bed and starts like kissing him. And then finally he like pushes her off and he's like, uh, you know, how dare you stay, stay away from me kind of thing. I'm your teacher. Um, so he storms off and then that girl goes into the bathroom and she's like checking herself out in the mirror and everything. And that's when Jason shows up. And like he slams her into the mirror, and then he grabs one of the glass, the mirror shards, and then he just like stabs her with it. Yeah. That um. Now, so is this <coughs> something common with Jason, where he is smart enough to wait until somebody's alone? Um. No, not usually. Okay. Because um, because yeah, because in in this case, Jason supposedly was in the next room, and he basically kind of heard or saw everything that went down and he waited to go into her room until um the guy left so yeah which is interesting um i guess i never paid too close attention to that um yeah i don't know i feel like you need to watch some of the other friday the 13th movies though that like you'll be even more confused i won't really answer anything for you (laughs) (laughs) nice um yeah, so then after that one, I'm just going to run through the kills here, because, I mean, that's what everybody loves from these movies, I guess. And that's kind of like the money shots. Uh, you know, after the glass shard thing, we get another person stabbed with a harpoon. Uh, and then the, the captain, he gets his throat slit. Uh, somebody else gets choked to death. Uh, I believe that was... Yeah, Kelly Wu's character gets choked to death. And that's kind of a cool scene as well. Um, she stumbles across the slutty girl, like, all slashed up from the the mirror. And then, like, Jason shows up, and she takes off running. He chases her into, like, a dance area of the yeah. ship. Disco, dance floor thing, yeah. Yeah, and she kind of loses where Jason's at. And everywhere she turns, like, he pops up. So there's, like, no escape. She tries to take off. Jason grabs her and he lifts her up and like chokes her to death. Yeah. Classic and, strangulation. Yeah. And actually an interesting thing about that scene is so Kane Hodder, who's playing Jason, he's like a professional stunt man. And this was his second time playing Jason. The first time he played him was in a previous movie, but um, he picks up Kelly Wu and 
while he's like choking her out and everything, then she dies and he grabs her and just like throws her down on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually her that he throws down on the floor. Oh, like, wow. She didn't have a stunt double for that. So she said, I believe she even got a concussion from it. Oh, geez. And she said, uh, cause I watched the documentary that, um, basically she was supposed to be getting choked. And then, when he threw her down, you know, she's supposed to be dead. So she had to pretend that like she was just a limp body. So she couldn't like try to brace her fall or anything. Yeah. So she took like the full brunt force of that, <laughs> that toss. What, how could anyone think that was a good idea? I really don't know. Um, I mean, they came up with the idea and she was, she okayed it. So I Weird. mean, they kind of just had to go along with it. Huh. Um, uh, one thing I want to throw in real quick before you get too far. Um, the captain, so the captain died, and he was uh, whatever the guy's name is, dad. You know, I can't remember the character's name. Yeah. Um, but he was the dad of one of the kids on the ship. Uh, it's just funny because as soon as he said it, I was like, oh, I know this is coming. Uh, but he had like this revelation, parent revelation uh, where he was talking to the shipmate. And was just talking to him about being a father and raising kids and whatever. Mm. And so he had this revelation and I was just like, yep, you're going to die in two minutes. <laughs> and then Jason comes in and kills both of them. I was just like, yeah, that seems appropriate. Oh, get, yeah. Get, learn a, an important life lesson and then you die before you can see it carried out. I, I believe the main guy's name was uh, Jim. Okay. That sounds about right. Yeah. Um. So basically, he takes over. He is like one of the first ones to figure out what's going on. No one believes the people, of course. And of course, Charles is one that's like, oh, Jason, he's he's been dead years ago. It can't be Jason. And he thinks it's the, the ship hand that was warning everybody. And he tries to go out to kill the guy. Yeah. Well, the whole well, the, the ship basically hand, isn't. Wasn't the ship hand the one who said it was Jason? Yeah, he also said it was Jason, too. Um. And it's like, oh, this guy's crazy. You know, yeah. he's just like the the crazy guy from the first two movies that shows up and tells everybody they're going to die and that they're doomed and everything. Um, you know, that's it kind of became like a trope in the, the slasher genre. But it's at this time where everybody kind of bands together and they try to like assemble weapons to take out Jason. Um, <laughs> so there's a part that makes me laugh where um, I actually have it in my favorite quotes here is um, when they're going through the weapons, they're like, what are you taking Julius? He's like, nothing but this gun. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why, but that makes me laugh so much. He picks up the shotgun, holds it up, says this gun, and then he racks it (laughs) and walks off. Um, so as they go off, this is kind of where the dead bodies really start piling up. Mm-hmm. Um, we get the the nerdy guy with the camera. He gets electrocuted by being thrown into a bunch of like electrical equipment. Oh, you missed uh, one. I did? Uh, well, te- technically, but it doesn't really count because I find it funny because Wayne, the nerd guy with the gun, uh, loses his glasses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he accidentally shot. It was a ship hand, wasn't it? I think. He shot uh, some random person. Yeah, I think it's one of those characters that was like supposed to be a student, but you never really saw him. 
Maybe no, he was a ship hand. He's one of the guys at the beginning with the two girls are looking at him, like checking him out. Okay. So yeah, yeah so he shoots a <laughs> he shoots the deckhand by accident, thinking that it was like the killer. And then he gets close enough to see that it wasn't. But then as soon as he does, Jason shows up. And that just makes me laugh because it makes me think that Jason shows up because he's ticked off that somebody killed somebody and it wasn't <laughs> and Jason to get a chance to kill the person. Yeah, and that's another thing too, is that Kate Hodder as Jason has become like almost everybody's favorite Jason of the series because of how he portrayed him. Because Jason always looks pissed off when Kane Hodder plays him. It's so funny that you say that because it's just like the dude's wearing a mask. Like what acting, I mean, yeah, sure. There's like breathing and posture, but it's just like, you can't no facial expression. You can't do anything. Right. And, um, that's like a lot. Most of the time they used, uh, stunt men to play as Jason because they really didn't have to act. They just had to do all the crazy stunts. Yeah. But, uh, Kane Hodder actually, Along with being a stuntman, he was a trained actor as well. Okay. Um, so, you know, he kind of had, like, the, I guess, the, the kind of, like, physical acting, I guess, more than reading lines or having facial expressions, just, like, his body language. Oh, yeah, which is uh, totally a part up, of it. Totally Yeah, a part which of brought, up, brought a different kind of different side of Jason out. Like I said, he always just seemed like he was pissed off. Hmm. Um. <laughs> You know, after we get that in the electrocution of the nerdy guy, um, there's another dude that tries to climb the crow's nest to get away from Jason, which was yeah. dumb. <laughs> because I mean, Jason just grabs the dude and throws him down, and he gets impaled on the radio antenna. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the the guy who was a ship hand who tried to warn everybody, he gets an axe to the back. Yep. And... Um, it's about that time that everybody finally realized, like, you know, that was Jason. Or, like, the main character sees him, uh, Jim sees him. He gets everybody onto the lifeboat, and while he's crawling down the ladder, he looks up, sees Jason. Yeah. Uh, we have to mention before that, too, that Julius gets thrown overboard, and he's presumed dead. Yep, I, I thought he was dead, too, and I thought it was kind of uh, lame that the douche got the easiest death, but... Yeah, that proved otherwise. <laughs> he gets he gets thrown overboard, and you're just like, "Oh man!" <laughs> and um, so they get the they're on the lifeboat, and they're you know trying to navigate where they're at, trying to figure out what they're gonna do because like this huge storm's going on, and like the radio went down. No one really knows where they are. Um, so basically, their only hope is to find another ship or to hit land somewhere, and um. As they're going, Julius like pops out of the water and pulls himself into the boat. He's still alive. And suddenly they end up in New York. Um, and it's like everybody's congratulating Jim for like navigating him there. And did he really even do anything? I don't know. He's like, let's just keep rowing, basically, as always said. We have to keep going. Like You can't stop. Actually, you know what? We missed a very, uh, well, okay, I shouldn't say important, but a very weird, another weird thing to mention in this, too. Yeah. Um, the dog. Yes, uh, Toby. Yeah, so uh, Rennie had a dog that was kind of like, a, I don't know, a comfort dog or whatever you want to say. 
um, that came on the boat and everything. Uh, it disappeared when uh, she was having a vision thing, I think, about Jason. So then the dog was gone for majority of the time on the boat. But yeah. then when they got into the lifeboat and Julie shows up, all of a sudden the dog showed up too. <laughs> yeah, and I put down uh, in my notes too that Toby the dog is the smartest character. Yeah, apparently. Because he just gets the hell out of there. He's like, you know what, screw this. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, there's a little boy standing there uh, saying to the girl to help me and he's like all wet and deformed and everything. He's like, and all of a sudden he just disappears. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> uh, so yeah, now they're in New York. And it's... <laughs> I have to mention that... So the name of this movie is Jason Takes Manhattan. Well, it's kind of misleading. Because they don't hit New York until about 50 minutes into the movie. And this movie is only like an hour and a half long. Yeah. Something like that. And you know that's counting credits too. <laughs> yep. So you know you probably got about five minutes of credits. So we're talking about like an hour and twenty five minutes. It, we only got like maybe a half hour. And it's actually in New York, mm-hmm. uh, and I say that in quotes, and I'll explain later. Uh, so you know, while they get to New York, finally, um, a bunch of stuff kind of happens. You know, there's kind of some funny like tongue in cheek things where all of a sudden Jason just pops up too on the docks. Yeah. Like he was, there's no real explanation. Yeah. And it's like, there's no footage of like Jason, like can Jason swim or did he just like, you know, since he's kind of a, an undead being, did he just walk the ocean floor? (laughs) Yeah. Was he holding on to the bottom of the boat? Like that wouldn't make sense. Yeah. There's no explanation. Yeah, did like he get on another boat? Does he have like the ability to figure out that logic? Um, nothing's ever explained, and you know it's probably best that way. <laughs> yeah, but the scene where he pops up on the dock is kind of funny because he like looks up at a billboard, and it's a a sign for a hockey team that doesn't exist, and the logo is like a complete ripoff of the New York Rangers logo, and the it's got like a cartoon goalie on it drawn and the goalies wearing the exact same mask as Jason. And there's a moment where Jason looks at the, the billboard and kind of just like tilts his head and then yeah. just walks off. <laughs> uh, you know, it's kind of things like that where you, you know, you kind of think, you know, maybe they were having a little bit fun making this movie. Oh yeah. It seemed like it. So yeah, back to, um, like the students and the teacher, uh, Charles. Uh, well, uh, so yeah. They, so now it's it's Rennie, it's Jim, it's Julius, it's Charles, and it's the female teacher. Yep. So there's f- we got five people now left. Yep, and the dog. <laughs> and the dog, Toby. <laughs> Who disappears again. Yes, yes, he did. Because <laughs> he's smart. Um <laughs> So anyway, they get like accosted by a couple of just like random thugs and they like draw guns on them and they take off with Rennie and he's like, if you come after us, we'll kill her. And, you know, Julius is like, what are we waiting for? Let's go after him. And Charles is like, you idiot. Did you just hear him? He said they kill her. So it's like, let's go find a phone and call the cops. And, and this is so where the, when, the, 
and then the atypical thing, they all split up. Yeah, it's like let's split up. It's like yeah. that way we can cover more ground or something. Like, ah. <laughs> come on. Um, so yeah, they do, at the time they don't even know that Jason's there. True. Like they're just trying to get Rennie back from, you know, the two thugs that that um like mugged him basically. Yeah. Uh, so now, like they show the two thugs running off with Rennie, and basically they're gonna drug her and like rape her. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, I kind of laugh at that because it the whole thing is really awkward. So like, oh yeah, let's it's like you'll you'll enjoy it more if I do this. And they try to give her like this green drug. They they inject her with it. And then while they're trying to assault her, that's when Jason sh- Jason shows up. And the guy who's like on top of her gets stabbed in the back with a syringe and like lifted off the ground. Yeah. So that's how that guy gets <laughs> killed is by stabbed with a syringe. Uh and then like his buddy comes back to see what's going on. Jason grabs that guy and he slams his face into a pipe on the side of a building. Yep, that's uh let off some steam Bennett part two. <laughs> yeah, so this of course the you know, it has to shoot steam out of it. Yep. Um so those two are taken off and then Rennie is able to escape while Jason's fighting those guys off. Um and then kind of the next interesting thing I got is that Julius finally finds a phone and he goes to call the cops. And that's when Jason shows up, mm-hmm. chases him. Uh, Julius, he's, you know, he's the most, most athletic of the bunch. So he like quickly runs off. Jason's slowly walking behind him, keeping up <laughs> with him. And of course, and Julius runs to the top of a building and I don't know what he was expecting to do. Like, he climbed a ladder, went to the top of the building, and then, like, there's no other fire escape down. <laughs> and he, like, he tries to open up the door to go downstairs, and it's it's not working. Like, it's locked. And that's when Jason has him cornered. And for whatever reason, Julius decides to, like, box Jason. Yep. <laughs> he went all punches. Yeah, like, he throws punch after punch after punch. He'll punch to the face. Jason's wearing a mask, mm-hmm. <laughs> punches to the stomach. You know, nothing's working because, I mean, it's Jason. Uh, basically, Julius, he gets, punches himself out, gets tired. And then he says to Jason, like, you know, give me your best shot. And Jason puts his hand on Julius's shoulder and he rears back and punches Julius's head off. <laughs> yes. That's the death of the movie. <laughs> There's a shot where he punches his head off and it's like a shot from down on the street you see julius's head fly off bounce on a roof and then fall into a dumpster and a dumpster closes yes. <laughs> the first time i saw that oh my gosh <laughs> i laughed so hard oh uh, i'm sure you did too because this, this oh, yeah. is the first time we've seen this movie yeah no that was great i was just like i like basically applauded it i was just like perfect like that is <laughs> That that was, in my opinion, the best death of the movie right there. Oh, for sure. Um, it's just, like I said, it just kind of goes with the natural evolution of the Jason character as the movies go on. Um, yeah, and then from there, uh, we get um, 
more Jason um, going after the remaining four. Mm-hmm. And was it the woman teacher that gets choked out? Nope. So uh, that was the cop. They they caught up with the cop, and they all were getting together in the police car. And then uh, when the cop was trying to get in the car, Jason grabbed him and killed him, strangled him, I think. Yep. And so then Rennie jumps in the car and takes off. And she actually uh, runs or hits Jason with the car. Mm-hmm. And she had that little episode thing and she crashed the car with everybody in it. And she, yeah, cause she tries to run over like the, the child version version of Jason as well. Yeah. And so she, Charles and Jim get out of the car, but the f- teacher does, the female teacher doesn't get out name still unknown. Um, and then they're like, Oh no. And they turn around and then the car blows up. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what Jason catches up to him again. Um, this time he's chasing Charles, and mm-hmm. it's about this time where he finally realizes, "Oh, Jason is alive." Yeah, <laughs> it took him that long to figure this out. So that Jason goes in pursuit of him, and you know he picks him up, basically by his ankles, and he drowns him in like this nasty water or like runoff or something slime ooze was it the yeah, toxic like a, waste that they were talking about i don't know it's like a green liquid they don't ever really like explain too much it's like some nasty green liquid in a big barrel it's the ooze from teenage mutant Ninja turtles <laughs> and then he comes back as a master splinter right <laughs> basically <laughs> uh, so finally charles is killed off um the one you've been waiting for you know not as Brutal of a kill as you would want to see for like the douche guy in the movie. Yes, douche, such a perfect way. Uh, you know who he reminds me of, actually. Speaking of <laughs> douche, <laughs> he every time I saw him, I was I thought of Skip Bayless. <laughs> he does look like Skip Bayless. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I would pay to see. Um, Skip Bayless in a Friday the 13th movie and get killed off. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be pretty funny. I, I'm sure a lot of people would pay to see that. Uh, yeah, then after that we get um, Jason chasing Jim and Rennie through New York. Um, you get a kind of a cool shot of Jason in Times Square. And oh, yeah. it's at this point where it's kind of weird. Well, first, I guess, before that, they go into a diner. And they run in, and they're like, oh, can we use your phone? And like the waitress is kind of snotty with them, you know, kind of typical New York um, hole-in-the-wall diner <laughs> waitress you would think of. And she's like, yeah, there's one in the back. And <laughs> so they run in the back to use the phone. That's when Jason shows up. He barges in, you know, he, doesn't he blow out a window or something? Uh, he smashes like, through the door and then he throws yeah. a guy into the mirror. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. And like this big cook, he comes out and he's like, okay, time to take care of this guy. And he's like, big tough guy. And Jason just like makes quick work of him. Like, it's a big dude. He's probably like 6'5. Now, do you think that that would count as a kill? 
the guy he threw in the mirror? Because I didn't think that technically the guy would have died. Um, I don't think so. Um, I only counted the ones that we knew were dead. Okay. Uh, so, you know, it takes care of that. Then they're running again from them, and they wind up in... Um, so they, they ended up in the, the subway station. They're going like, through the subway. Jason's following them through the, the cars and everything. And you, you get some kind of kind of cool shots there of Jason just standing in a subway train. And it's about this time where I start to, to wonder, why isn't Jason killing these other people? Yeah. Like, he's literally just, like, focused in on Rennie and on Jim. And he just walks by all these other people, which is, like, very unlike Jason in the other movies. I was wondering about that. I wanted to ask you that. Like, okay, is it typical that he f- has people he focuses on killing, or does he just usually kill everyone? He basically just kills whoever is around him. Like, he's just a basically like a machine. He's just there to kill. Um, he doesn't show any discretion or anything. Um, yeah, I mean, he just he's a machine. Uh, he's not like solely focused in. He doesn't really hold a vendetta, I guess, um, hmm. except for this movie, which is very odd. And we finally get a scene that is like undoubtedly in New York because he goes into Times Square and uh, they're running away. Jason shows up. Uh, and there's a funny scene where like these, these kind of like punk guys are sitting by the subway station and they got like a radio player in and Jason's walking through it. Jason just like kicks the radio out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> and a guy like says something to him, like he's like, Hey asshole or something like that. And Jason turns around and this guy's like pulls out a knife and he's staring, standing there at him. And he's like, do we have a problem? And Jason just takes, lifts his mask up to show the guy's face. And the guy's like, no, it's cool, man. We're sorry. They like back off. Jason puts his back mask back down, turns around, and starts going after uh, Rennie and Jim again. <laughs> yeah, which that interaction with what you just said is even more strange with how he has a confrontation and he doesn't bother killing him. Yeah, and it's just like, like the old Jason from the other movies would have just killed that guy like in no time, would have just like hacked him in the face with a machete took the machete and walked off <laughs> yeah like the guy would have lasted five seconds and for some reason to like his reaction and this one is just the pool's mask up like hey look at my ugly face <laughs> okay see ya but i mean the whole thing it's kind of a funny gif you know floats around on on twitter sometimes of jason kicking the radio it's pretty funny yeah uh and then from there jason chases him around some more and they end up in a sewer because um, they get cornered in an alley. The only way to go is down into a manhole. Uh, they both run down there. And Jason starts chasing them through the sewer. Uh, while they're down there, they run into like uh, like a mechanic or something working down there. And he yeah. tells him, he's like, hey, he's like, what are you doing down here? Um, we got to get you out of here because we only have like minutes to spare. And they're like, what are you talking about? I was like, don't you know, like the sewer floods with toxic waste at midnight every night. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my question to that is like, 
this happens every single night and it happens exactly at midnight. Yeah. Like, how is this timed? Like, who's doing this? <laughs> and I remember, like, <laughs> I went with my wife and for on vacation, like, a few years ago, and we went to Connecticut to see her aunt and uncle, and they took us into New York, because I've never been to New York. And, like, I jokingly said to my wife, it's like, well, as long as we don't go down, like, into the sewer, because, and we're not there around midnight, because the sewers flood with toxic waste at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. But don't you think that that would never happen? Like, there's oh, yeah. no chance that would ever happen, even like once. Because yeah. they would find out, you know, who did it. And then that company or whatever, whoever let that go would have to deal with um, the authorities on that. And it's just like, it would never happen, like, every single night at midnight. <laughs> We better get out of here because there's toxic waste. Yeah, I I put there in my notes for that part. I was just like, toxic waste, convenient. (laughs) Uh, And it's right around this time where we get our last Jason kill, which is uh, Jason takes the mechanic that's helping him out and he wrestles with him a little bit. He gets a monkey wrench and like bashes into the back of the guy's skull. Yeah. So that's the last kill we get there. Um, you know, Jason's in pursuit of him some more. The toxic waste starts coming. You can hear it. Uh, they quickly climb a ladder to get out, and Jason gets kind of left behind in the toxic waste, and it starts like eating him away. Uh, Jason like collapses and like screams. It makes like weird noises. Yeah. Uh, we get to see his face, in which he kind of just looks like Skeletor for some reason. <laughs> yeah. With like Skeletor with like gray Play-Doh on his face. <laughs> yeah, he, it looked like an old mushy jack-o'-lantern that was white. Yeah, good good call on that. Um, and that basically, like, Jason collapses, the waste goes through, and then we're left with Jason as a little boy lying in the waist crying. Wait, he was crying? He was still alive? I thought he yeah, was dead. Like, so- like sobbing and then he dies. It was really weird. Like, I don't understand why there's like a little boy left there. Yeah, no, I didn't understand it either. I thought he was just dead. Um, you know, that could be just something I like misremembered. You know, it could, probably could have just been dead. But yeah, but either way, there's like just like a little boy. Yeah. For like, <laughs> and, you know, from there, uh, you know, they go back to the street level and they're like hugging and everything. Like, oh, we finally made it through it. And then we get like this camera shot from like down below and you think, oh, God, Jason's coming back. But no, it's just the return of Toby the dog. <laughs> <laughs> that, again, proving that he's the smartest character. <laughs> yeah. Every time like, something okay, bad Jason's happens. Gone. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's just uh, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. He was uh, definitely the smartest character in the movie. <laughs> oh, for sure. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much the movie. Yeah, and I mentioned one of my favorite favorite quotes with Julius and the gun. Um, did you have any quotes that you thought were particularly funny? 
Uh, it's not a quote, um, but something that I wanted to mention that we didn't uh, bring up uh, when we were going through the whole thing um, chronologically was um, you you touched on it a little bit, but um, Rennie kind of had an experience where she remembered why she had a problem with water, and it was because of her uncle Charles. Mm-hmm. Um, that happened right after the police car exploded with the teacher in it. She kind of like went into a really upset mode because her best friend basically just died, the teacher. Um, and she realized that her uncle was the reason why she had issues with the water and they do a flashback. And this is <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't even know exactly how to comprehend. Like I am not one um, at a sp- at at a young age to potentially scar my kids. Like I, I, I have my good fun with them when they get older. I'm going to get, you know, up it, you know, I, I'll, I'll probably do things to scare them and freak them out. You know, when they're old enough, they're four and seven right now, but I don't need to scar them. Mm. Um, but this uncle dude, uncle Charles takes, uh, Rennie out in a boat and she's he's just like you need to learn how to swim and she's just like oh you know I'll take swimming lessons next summer or something yeah. and he said that's what you said last year he's just like you have to just get in there and do it and then he proceeds to tell her they're at uh, Crystal Lake mm-hmm. and he's just like you know that uh, uh, that Vorhe boy who died here you know, grabs kids who can't swim and uh, drags them under the water. And then he pushes, and then he pushes her in. (laughs) That's like his swimming lesson. I'm just, I was like, I was blown away. I was just like, why do you, why do you do this? Uh, There was, oh man, I swear there was something like another movie we watched or maybe, um, but it's just like where they tell like a, a horrific story. Then it's just like, okay, here you go. And uh, so she get and so that's another weird experience, and that's where actually her premonition whole whole weird experience with Jason started because she actually in the lake was grabbed by him, the young boy, <laughs> and so that's kind of like where that whole thing apparently started for her, and uh, maybe it meant something more, but they never really addressed it. So yeah, it's uh. <laughs> That that part, I know it wasn't really a quote, but that part just kind of like blew my mind. I'm just like, they really thought that this was a good idea. I mean, I guess it adds the part to the port part port uh, to the story on how much of a douche Charles was, but it 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 kind of blew my mind, but made me laugh at the same time. Yeah, that scene is just completely ridiculous, um, and it's another one of those two. It's like, what is going on? Yeah, uh, I have as one of my other favorite quotes. There's a part where they're on the ship, and it's right towards the beginning of it. And um, Jim says something to Rennie, and but then Charles comes up, and is like, "What are you doing here?" Blah 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 blah, going on and on. And she basically says something about the teacher thinking it is a good idea that she should go. And he's like, I'm the one you should be listening to. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not sure why, but that just makes me laugh. I guess it's just like the overacting of the guy who played Charles. Yeah. That just gets to me. Um, And I mean, yeah, with the acting too, like I said, he overacts. um, 
And I mentioned earlier how Kane Hodder just kind of brought another level to Jason where he just always seems like he's just pissed off. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a lot more violent than all the other Jasons in his, in his actions and movements, which would have been really interesting to see him in the earlier movies where they had more graphic kills. Interesting. Um, I mean, other than that, nobody does really a great job, I guess. Where I guess the, the girl who plays Rennie is is likable enough, but like yeah. some some of the acting in it is just yeah. I mean, it's kind of what you would expect with a part eight. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Ren- Rennie did okay. Jim did what he needed to do. Charles did a really good job of being a jerk and you know getting mm-hmm. you to hate him. Um, I feel like the uh, the rocker chick may have done okay if she had done more. She seemed to do a decent job. Yeah, um, she seemed really into the character. Yeah, Julius did a good job of being the douchey jock. Um, but there were, I swear, I feel like there was one more. Um, the teacher was the teacher. I mean, there wasn't any. Oh, um, the uh, prom queen girl. She yeah. did a pretty decent job at being like getting you to kind of hate her, mm-hmm. um, because you know she was like that cocky, preppy, you know I can get away with anything uh, kind of person, and so she did, she did a pretty good job of uh, capturing that. You could yeah, easily, I'd say so. Yeah, you easily could disdain her. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, that's really all we can really say about the acting and the dialogue and stuff like that. Um, you get a couple cool shots, just kind of just seeing Jason like in Times Square. I mentioned when he stabs a girl in that, when she's in that stowaway part of the boat. That's mm-hmm. kind of a cool shot. Yeah. Um, I mean, other than that, like the special effects were, were pretty good for the time. Uh, the the sequences where she has the visions of young Jason, those were, were kind of interesting. Um, yeah. And they were handled pretty well. I mean, they didn't really make much sense, but they were believable with the stuff that was happening, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, other than that, I, mean, I can go into some trivia and some facts here, if, unless you have something else. Uh, I don't think so. I mean... You know, I have a limited uh, experience with Jason, uh, or yeah, and Friday the 13th, as I said. Um, but yeah, they seem to do a pretty good job with it. So, I mean, uh, there wasn't exactly a lot of, because uh, you even were talking about a lot of the cutaway when some of the deaths would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you didn't exactly see it happen a whole lot. Yeah, uh, you did a few times, but yeah, the special effects that they used for the the death and then the blood and whatnot. I mean, it it looked pretty good to me. I'm not as mm-hmm. well versed in the horror slasher genre as you are, but <laughs> um, yeah, definitely like the earlier movies have some more gore and um, higher quality special effects. Surprisingly, um. Yeah, a couple interesting things I found um, just because, you know, I checked a little bit online and like I have a documentary about the whole series. So I kind of I've kind of heard like a bunch of different stories and stuff about it. Um, I mentioned earlier how I said New York in quotes. Yeah. And that's because other than the scenes on the ship, a lot of the movie was shot in Vancouver. (laughs) 
Vancouver, Vancouver, British Columbia. Um, they wanted so originally when they wrote the story and everything, and the, the director was trying to plan out the scenes that he wanted. Uh, they wanted to have scenes on the Brooklyn Bridge, Madison Square Garden, the Statue of Liberty, and the Empire State Building, but due <laughs> to budgetary restrictions, <laughs> uh, the you know Paramount Pictures got to crack down on it. Like, you know, the last couple movies haven't made as much money as we were expecting. Uh, they were still successful enough to have another sequel that will make us money, but we won't want to put a ton towards this. So the director kind of had to improvise. And so, you know, you kind of picked a couple different places. Uh, Times Square was probably the biggest one. Um, and, the, and the part where they're in Times Square while they were shooting it, Kane Hodder stayed in the character of Jason the whole time and didn't say a word to anybody. Nice. He had people like running up trying to get his autograph and he just stood there and stared at him the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of reflects back on it and said that how fun that was. And he said, whether well, we're getting ready to shoot the seeds, like people were cheering for him. And he said, he just felt like he said it was similar, similar to him as like, uh, the Beatles showing up at an airport or something like that because <laughs> people were just so happy to see him and they thought it was so cool that he didn't like react to them in any way because it was yeah. like meet the real Jason. That's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> this um, this movie actually caused Paramount to sell the franchise <laughs> to New Line <laughs> Cinema uh, because it didn't do the best. Um, and it's actually the last film in the series to have Friday the 13th in the title. Because the films that followed were um, Jason Goes to Hell and then Jason X. Mm-hmm. Um, so they played a little more off the character of Jason, less off the series of Friday the 13th. Yeah. Uh, none of them were numbered either, other than Jason X, which, I mean, X being the Roman numeral for 10. And the end scene that we talked about where Jason gets uh, basically like devoured, I guess, or dissolved by the toxic waste. Uh, there's a part where Jason spews water. Oh, yeah. Uh, that wasn't a special effect. That was actually Kane Hodder. He actually vomited water on cue. Okay. Yeah, so basically, like, he held the water and he actually barfed the water up. <laughs> like, for the special effect. Um, and then the last thing I've got here is that Rob Hedden, the director of the movie, he himself disowns the movie. Um, he hates <laughs> it, he thinks it's terrible, and he apologizes to anybody who has watched it. <laughs> Apology so not accepted. <laughs> Yeah, so needless to say, he wasn't a fan. Um, and I mean, I guess we can go on to grade from there. Uh, I pulled a couple grades here from the two biggest um, movie sites. Um, it has an IMDb score of 4.6 out of 10. Okay. <laughs> um, and the Rotten Tomatoes score is an 8% fresh. <laughs> <laughs> from critics and a 27% from the audience. So the audience liked it more than the critics did, which isn't really surprising. Nice. You know, sometimes we should just read like a uh, section of reviews 
um, because I was reading it for uh, The Running Man, and some of them were a little entertaining. Yeah, you get some people that just like completely trash it, and then you get some people that just ignore what it is, basically, and just love it. Yeah. Uh, there's a few podcasts I listen to where they do that, and it's it's always pretty funny. Um, yeah, but I mean, what would your rating be for this out of five? Um, well, I'm uh, since we have kind of before this two groups of video of movies that we watch. We watch the awesomely bad movies, and then we watch the you know your atypical movie you know um which is running man and things Mm -hmm. of that nature that we're getting into so this is a little bit different because it's slasher horror um but so kind of comparing all of them together i think so it was entertaining i had a good time watching it um i am looking at it by itself as a movie um obviously since i've only seen other one uh jason movie all the way through so my impression is like giving something a one is just like, okay, it's bad. Two would be saying, okay, it was, uh, it was watchable, but I think I'm going to give the, like, I don't know. I, and I might change it. It's, I feel like some of these ratings might change over time with the more movies that we watch, mm-hmm. but I would probably give it a three. On just saying, you know, it was good. It was entertaining. I had a good time with it, but there were a lot of holes, a lot of things left unexplained and some things were quirky with it. So I think three, because, you know, five is a home run. Four is like uh, really solid. We've given a couple movies, uh, fours and everything. So I'm, I'm kind of feeling three on this. So, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a fair assessment. Um, And that's actually what I gave it as well. Okay. Um, you know, I've seen all the movies in the series numerous times. Um, and when I ini- initially watched this movie, I hated it and I thought it was stupid. <laughs> uh, but, you know, f- since then, it's really grown on me. Uh, I guess I just had too high of expectations, just like people did when they saw it in theater. Uh, you know, I expected more of it to be in New York. I expected some more interesting things to happen, but. You know, due to the the budget restraints and everything that I mentioned, you know, it's got kind of a certain charm to it because you feel like they did as much as they could with what they had, I guess. Um, there are a lot of things that are presented that never really are explained mm-hmm. or really, like, fleshed out. And, um, you know, like, Rennie having the visions of Jason as a child... And like how I mentioned the deckhand saying that they're the last ones. Um, that is all kind of confusing and never really goes anywhere. Um, but, you know, this, this movie is entertaining and it's, I guess it's just fun. I mean, there's not really much else to say about it, but yeah, I would give it a three. Um, you know, if I'm going like a school grading scale, like I like to do sometimes in my blog, um, I would give it a solid, like a B, B plus around there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fun entry into the series. Uh, it's 
you know, it's hated a lot by people, but I don't think it's the worst in the series, and it's not the best by far. Yeah, I I, I can believe that. <laughs> so yeah, we'll wrap that up from there. Um, the last thing we'll have here is we got suggestions. Caleb, got any suggestions? Showtime. Showtime, showtime. All right. Um, yeah, so I actually, interestingly enough, was uh, talking about this with somebody today. Um, so I figured I'd share this one. Uh, we were talking about Terminator movies. And then, of course, Christian Bale played a role in that in one of the most recent ones. And we were talking about Christian Bale in different movies and a lesser known movie that he was in. Um, I mean, I feel like a lot of people kind of know about it, but some people might not. Uh, Brandon, are you familiar with the machinist? Um, yeah, I've seen bits and pieces of it. I haven't seen the whole thing. Okay. It's really interesting. Uh, he does a fantastic job. Um, you know, it's one of his better performances up there with like American Psycho and things like that. Um, it does a huge body transformation and everything. Um, but it's really like mind bending. And honestly, I'm having a little bit of a hard time remembering exactly how it ended. But anyways, it came out in 2004. So, um, just a, a good solid movie with, um, a great performance from Christian Bale uh, I was just kind of surprised that uh, the two people I was talking to, neither of them had seen it. I think they were both familiar with it, but they hadn't seen it. So I was kind of like, well, uh, maybe people listening to our show haven't really seen it or given it time. So it's not it's not at all really like a, a Halloween or a horror movie or anything, but it is a a darker, you know, mind. psychological. Yeah, thank you. Psychological thriller kind of a thing. So. Um, kind of gets the those feels going in that way, but yeah, that's uh, that is my suggestion. I only give one each time because I kind of feel like uh, I want to give give out good ones, so I don't want to give too uh, too many of them out too fast. <laughs> uh, yeah, good suggestion. Um, like the last thing I've got here is I posted out a question saying um, if anybody's ever seen Friday the 13th Part 8 and what they think of it. We had one response, and his name is Jay. He's at JG0701. He said, <laughs> shouldn't have been made. The end. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing that. Which is straightforward. And like I said, um, this movie, either you, you love it or you hate it. There's like no in between. Uh, and that's just, you know, we both liked it. And it just shows that, you know, there's the other side too. Um, just kind of funny. Um, and yeah, um, continuing with our streak of one-liners at the end of the movie review here. Yes. You want to do it? Yeah, for sure. Did we do, uh, did we do the vote thing? For the last one, I can't, uh, I can't remember if that got posted. 
letting people vote on which one was better? I can't remember if we did or not. Because you won the <laughs> You won the first one. Yeah, I don't know if I ever posted the second one, dude. Oh my gosh. Well, I will post the second one and the third one tomorrow. Fired. So, you know, if we have a tie, we'll break the tie that way. Um, I guess I'll go first this time. Um, and I'll explain mine here a little bit. Um, so mine is from the movie Kickboxer with the master thespian that is Jean-Claude Van Damme in a scene where he is completing his training and his sensei takes him to a bar and gets him drunk and a bunch of guys jump him <laughs> because the, the sensei like spreads rumors about him saying that Van Damme said all the stuff about the guy's girlfriends or something. And they jump him, and Van Damme gets in a fight, and of course beats all of them up. Uh, they rush out of the bar, and Van Damme says to his sensei, he's like, Jean, why those guys tried to hurt me? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a mixture of his funny accent and um, pretending to be drunk. Yes, I do remember that one. I do remember that one quite well. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to go into another realm with mine, um, keeping it with um, action, of course, still, but uh, going to probably the uh, um, most famous, hairiest uh, action hero in Chuck Norris, the one, the only. And so this is from one of his many critically acclaimed movies missing in action three <laughs> <laughs> and uh in response to uh to somebody talking to him he turns around and says i don't step on toes little john i step on necks <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, man chuck yeah oh, but it's just i i mean it's it's too good, man. It's too good. We're, we were, we're not worthy of this level of writing for these movies. No, not at all. I, I really wish I had a bunch of frames. Um, I mean, I, I have some, but like just a bunch of little frames and I could just do a bunch of one liners and like plaster a wall in my house with just the worst one liners. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> If I ever do that, I will let you know. Awesome. Okay, so with that, um, thank you guys for listening. Um, We'll be back next week with another kind of discussion for the season. We're going to be talking about our favorite horror and thriller movies. Um, We'll post out a question, too, asking you guys yours, and interested to see what you guys have. But until then... um, I'm Brandon, he's Caleb, and this time is personal.